Welcome to another sparkling edition of The Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and him, Kevin O'Sullivan. Uh, Kevin, you've been in um, a couple of hours now, but you've only chosen this fucking moment to have your sandwich. Yeah, I was fucking starving for the whole two hours. I've been waiting for this moment just to fuck you up. I know. Well, it that fucking works every time. Now, we've got lots to do today because we've got... throughout this podcast. Yeah. What are you actually eating? What sort of sandwich do you have? Uh, it's uh, like peanut butter and tomatoes. And Do you know, I was going to get a sandwich today upstairs. Peanut butter and tomato? Yeah. Are you fucking joking? Oh, I bet all the time. Peanut butter and tomato? Never heard of anything like that. Why is, is that unusual? That's fucking horrendous. You don't have, you have peanut butter. Gosh? Well, you have peanut butter with, with jam, right? Or jelly, as they call it in America. Um, or you have peanut butter on fruit, maybe. But you don't fucking have it with tomato. Yeah, you do. That's disgusting. Do you know what else I have it with? Your fucking vegan lifestyle's uh, taking a turn for the worst. I'm fucking vegan. I was at horseradish as well. Oh, what, with <laughs> peanut butter? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I'll tell you what, right? I was going to have a ham sandwich upstairs, but they only had ham and coleslaw. What sort of fucking idiot puts coleslaw in a ham sandwich? Fuck off. Do you know when we were at the Mirror Group, right? The, the, the staff canteen there. Yeah. Uh, that was sa- good, actually. I used to go there shit-faced and yeah. fucking absolutely hoover it all up. Well, they used to have this sandwich, right? They used to make fucking hundreds of them every day. And right. I don't know why, because no one ever ate them. <laughs> it, was vegetarian, uh, it was vegetarian sausages with writer. You know, that stuff you put on well, curry. What, in a sandwich? Yeah, that was their, it was their top set. Well, it was their bottom set yeah. sandwich. Nobody fucking... They had about as much idea... They had about as much idea of, of fucking making food as they are making fucking newspapers. Making a newspaper, yeah. You know, useless cunts. Anyway, let's talk about uh, our favourite footballer. Uh, what's Kurt his name? Zuma. Kurt Zuma, uh, who is, of course, a French international, currently uh, not flavour of the month at West Ham United. And what we don't know as we speak is whether or not anything's going to happen to him. But, I mean, this is a right fucking twat, this guy, right? Kicking a dog, sorry, kicking a cat, a cat around his house in North London. Um, drop kicking it, effectively. And then putting out a statement saying he's very sorry, the cat's fine. Well, the cat's clearly not fucking fine, and neither is he. Uh, yeah, if there's any West Ham fans out there, your uh, star defender, Kurt Zuma, is a fucking A-grade industrial strength cunt <laughs> what a fucking thing to do it's a I shocking mean, thing to only, do not only is it a cuntish thing to do it's a terrible uh, example of animal cruelty yeah. uh, revealing he's some sort of fucking psychopath uh, but this silly cunt and his daft ass fucking brother yeah. uh, they make a video of it they go oh this would be funny on Snapchat yeah. shove it out on Snapchat he's probably wrecked his fucking career yeah and he makes 120 grand so he makes about 6 and a bit million a year right so if he does get kicked out of West Ham, which I hope he does, and if he does get kicked out of the Premier League, which I also hope he does, uh, he will have given, uh, he, will, he will fucking wave goodbye to probably a roundabout, I think, what is he, about 26, 27? Yeah, I mean, he's got, say, three or four decent years left in him. Player, so he's right? going to wave goodbye to something in the order of 30 million fucking quid. Yeah, he's a fucking what good a twat. Player. He's a fucking good is he? player. Oh, he's really good defender, yeah. Uh, plays for France, you know. Uh, and, uh, by the way, I keep saying this, his middle name's Happy. And he's named well, he's not fucking happy now, is he? And he's named after Kurt Sloan, who was played by Jean-Claude Van Damme in the 1989 right. hit movie classic, Kickboxer. <laughs> so he's still kickboxing his fucking cat all over the I mean, that's house. really disgusting. Well, I mean, you know, I... The, 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 what, what is interesting is, uh, so far, and uh, we don't know what will happen after this podcast, but so far, 
uh, West Ham's reaction has been, we'll handle this internally. No, you fucking no, won't. No, no. Won't. Well, this is the thing. I mean, one thing that you know about this country, and we all said this, didn't we, when you were running any kind of campaign at newspaper level, uh, if it was for sort of saving kids, mm. you might get quite a good result. But you'd get far more people giving you money if it was about saving animals. People in this country are animal lovers. They, they are. fucking hate things like that. And West Ham are the French are also animal lovers, though. What the fuck's he thinking? West Ham, I counted them. They've got 22 uh, big money sponsors. Right. Every single one of those sponsors will be saying to West Ham, uh, we're not sponsoring you if Kurt fucking Zuma plays for you. Yeah. So uh, I bet you at West Ham, uh, David Moy, is not known for his uh, all-round uh, social conscience. Uh, we'll be thinking he'll be picking uh, Zuma tonight, but he fucking won't be, I don't think. Well, I think they'll certainly at least see the sense in not. I mean, he's on the front page of The Sun today, right? So it's not exactly a story that nobody's seen. We've been talking about it on talk radio all fucking day. Um, at the end of the day, they'll find some reason not to play him, I would have thought, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, and uh, the question is, is do they play him again? Because as I say, the sponsors won't like it. It's uh, an egregious example of terrible off-pitch behaviour. And football has changed, as we found out from the Mason Green- Greenwood case. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's up for... He's, allegedly raped and sexually abused a girl, uh, threatened to kill her, uh, submitted her to a reign of terror. He's been uh, interviewed by police, no charges yet, so he's still allegations. Uh, but Manchester United have dropped him like a stone. So have, Quite rightly. So have uh, Nike. Yeah. Uh, he was on 120 grand a week as well, uh, plus his Nike money, so he's lost a fortune. And because of the charges against him, I mean, they have to be found guilty, but if he is found guilty... Uh, and you'd have to say, looking at the evidence, it doesn't look good for him. Uh, he'll never play again. Mm. That is a change in uh, attitude of the football world. Because in the past, uh, because he hasn't been charged yet, Man United would have picked him. They'd, he'd have played right up until the fact he was found guilty. Yeah. Uh, but now they're they're much more aware of their brand. Uh, of uh, not offending people and to keeping their sponsorship money. So footballers who behave like cunts off the pitch pay a fucking heavy price now. Well, they should as well because they they think, I think, that they are invincible because they're young guys who've got so much fucking money they literally don't know what to do with it and they think that they can actually um, get away with almost anything because they're used to just paying people off because when you've got that kind of money, you can. I mean, imagine making £120,000 a week. Yeah, I mean, that's not even the top whack. That's not even the top whack for this for the, for, for, for the going rate for, for, for a footballer. But I'm, I mean, I, I literally can't imagine having that kind of money. Yeah, but, you know, Mason Greenwood, what would you do with it? Yeah, Mason Greenwood, do you, know, uh, you know what age he was when Man United signed him up? Probably about seven. Six. Right. He was six years old right. ever since then. Now, when they do that, these clubs, they buy the parents, the family. Well, this is what I've always said about Marcus Rashford. You know, Marcus Rashford talks about being destitute when he was young. If he was signed up by Man United when he was that sort of age, why was he fucking destitute? Yeah. Was he? Well, it says he was. Well, I mean, since we're talking about food, you just he's, carry on. He's, he's worried about farming children. <laughs> it's terrible when kids can't eat. Fucking hell. Anyway, look, Zuma apparently um, <laughs> still has yet to be fucking charged by the RSPCA. 2,500 people have signed a petition. There's not very many. I bet it's a lot more than that. This is a report in the fucking Mail Online. I bet they got that fucking wrong. Um, apparently, uh, £29 million is what West Ham paid for him to come over and play here. I just don't think he's going to be welcome to play in this country anymore. I think you'll be fucking sent way. packing. Put it this way. I think it is a crime for which West Ham will not forgive him because of financial reasons. Because they'll lose. They've got 22 sponsors. Yeah. If they put Zuma out 
I reckon about 10 of them will pull out, and that'll be millions of pounds. So, yeah. Uh, well, money talks, as always, right? Exactly right. Uh, but that will be why West Ham have been a bit slow on the uptake here, because they won't want to fire him. They won't want to get rid of him. He's probably quite a key player for them as well. He is. And you know what that's like. When somebody's that fucking key, um, basically, you're not going to get rid of him without a fight. Yeah. Fucking cunt, anyway. Fucking he just played Kidderminster, and West Ham only just managed to beat him 2-1. Yeah. There were some fucking interesting results over the course of the last weekend, weren't there? I suppose you were unhappy to see Man United get knocked out on penalties. Uh, yeah, I was unhappy about that. I wasn't particularly happy about Fulham. Uh, <laughs> we've been singing for weeks. I saw your Manchester tweet. City yeah. coming for you. Yeah. They fucking pissed all over us. Well, I mean, that would have probably been predictable, to be fair. I was just talking to a, a, a Man City fan uh, here at uh, Talk Radio Towers, yeah. and we agreed that Fulham's biggest mistake was uh, Abbe, um, um, Caballero, our brilliant 19-year-old, uh, scored in the fourth minute. And uh, I think Manchester City said, fuck that. Right. <laughs> they scored in the sixth right. and the twelfth, right. and the rest was history. They yes. Kissed, they pissed well, they the do have several gears, don't they, Manchester City? Yeah, and, they uh, so I, th- I think, I'm go- I, you know, much as I love Fulham, I think I might admit that Man City... Yes, well, I did enjoy your tweet when you put it out saying that... Uh, yeah, I can't have to play for the draw. have to play for the draw. It's only 4-1 <laughs> down. Extra Go time. for extra and time. And everything's still to play for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, fucking hell. Although, you know, there are some football fans who are that fucking deluded that they still think that that kind of thing can I, work. I once got involved, I'm not kidding you, in a debate on Twitter. Mm. You know, like, the, these some of these football fans are so blind oh, yeah. their own love for their team. Yeah. He literally, he was quite a nice guy, it wasn't an insulting conversation. Mm. He literally could not understand why everyone didn't support Liverpool. It just could not concede Amazing. the possibility that someone might support another team. Right. He said, I don't get it. I right. just don't get it. What, what was his reasoning for that? Well, because he just thinks that Liverpool are everything at the centre of the universe. Right. And there's no other team worthy of consideration for support. It's really weird, isn't it? Yeah, well, I got into a lot of trouble. In yeah, well, yeah, there is that. I mean, there's also, I got into a lot of trouble with Manchester City fans because I once said on Talk Sport that I wouldn't recognise Yaya Toure if he got off at a bus stop near me. And uh, they all went nuts. They all were like, oh, of course he fucking plays your fucking Champions League, you fucking wanker. Yeah, you I was. I know. I said, well, I still don't know what he looks like, you know, and neither do you, by the way, right? So, of course, I was all over there. They got this thing called Blue Moon, one of their chat rooms, yeah. right? I was fucking on it for weeks. Yeah. Weeks. <laughs> and every time anyone rang in from Manchester, you're the one who doesn't recognise Yaya Tori, you fucking prick. I'm talking about that shit. And you're going, no, no. what's I'm wrong with you? Talking about that shit. I still, I still see, keep seeing these absolutely piss poor pathetic attempts of humour about you and concrete on oh it. yeah I know oh, yeah you still has the concrete growing going yeah oh, ha, 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 do you know ha. what was really funny was I ran into the guy from the last leg you know the Aussie oh, guy Adam, Adam uh, Hills is it, yes, it yeah. he was in uh, doing an interview leg, yeah he was in doing an interview um, with Virgin right and so um, I saw him coming out and I thought I'm going to fucking go and say hello to him because they did me over but actually they were quite funny I didn't mind what they did anyway um, because they actually had a concrete plant a bit like the one you had in uh, in the Thought Police <laughs> live show and um, I went up to him right and he's walking with some agent or other some woman and I went you're Adam Hills uh, from um, from the last leg aren't you and he went yeah and he could look he could see he was looking a bit nervous he didn't know what the fuck was coming and I went uh, I'm Mike Graham the concrete guy and he went huh and he sort of looked at me, shook my hand, but kind of looked a bit startled, but wasn't quite sure what to do. And then he sort of kept walking. Then he came back, um, and I was over by the coffee machine, and he, and he walked past again and said, oh, cheerio. And then he stopped, and he took his mask off, came back in, and said, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't really, I wasn't sure what you meant before. He said, oh, it's great to meet you. And then he was, he was like my biggest fucking fan. He was like, oh, this is great. So imagine he doesn't get most times when he meets somebody he's taking the piss out of. 
Um, and anything other than a smack in the face. The point is, but I couldn't give a fuck. The thing that people don't seem to get is that everybody knows me now as the concrete guy. Yeah. What's fucking wrong with that? And uh, yeah, and look at your num- look at your, your rage as Yes, I know. You're, just in case uh, folks who don't realise, Mike got incredible ratings. The biggest show on talk radio, uh, and I think uh, it can't be a, a mistake. Show Mike, obviously, but also. Uh, some of that will be down to the concrete. Yeah, it will be. Twelve million people know views. who I am. Five, well, do you know? Do you know it was revamped again over the weekend, a couple of weekends ago, uh, on TikTok. Did another five million because somebody I fucking think. somebody attached it to some fucking video they were doing. Sort of concrete thing that I can fucking well. Well, say. I think we. Well, this is it. The people always say. It's only married. Yeah, I know. Well, it's about to. You know, the thing is, people say, "Can you not do a viral video?" And you go, "No, you can't. You have to fucking just do something, and then it becomes a viral video." I mean, even the day that we did it. I had no idea it was going to go like it fucking went. I remember going in to do Plank of the Week, right? And it was on something like um, 40,000. And I thought, that's quite good. Yeah. By the time we'd finished Plank, it was on a million. Yeah, I, I was going, fuck's sake. <laughs> anyway, listen, this is a good time to tell you that it's uh, 2022. As if you didn't know, we're now into February, right? But there's a new offer coming your way from Manscaped. And it's the Manscaped Performance Package 4. Now, I'm happy to say that finally I've been able to get some stuff to Kevin. Um, so he's going to be enjoying it, uh, I dare say, later on. And oh, don't... I have. I've got a fantastic range of products from Manscaped via Mike. Uh, he's been promising me this for about six months. It's true. Months. Well, I remember to bring it in today. Uh, there's, some, there's, some, there's some aftershave, cologne, as some people will call it. Uh, the the six-pack is a great New Year's resolution. So this is what it is. Wow. It contains six essential tools for the ultimate grooming routine. So what you get is the lawnmower, uh, which is an electric trimmer designed to trim hair uh, on loose skin. The skin-safe technology cuts out all sorts of problems. You also get a little spotlight so you can see what you're doing because that's quite important because yeah. you don't want to nick, you, nick, <laughs> you you nick yourself in the wrong place. <laughs> Right, you've got the crop preserver, uh, which is also for anti-chafing, which right. you can figure out. Yeah. Um, so you can get all this really great stuff. All you've got to do is get 20% off with free shipping. Uh, you go to manscaped.com and use the code POLICE. So get 20% off. Go to manscaped.com, use the code word POLICE, and that's 20% off uh, all sorts of great things that you can get uh, from Manscaped over the course of the next few weeks. And, Brilliant. Uh, Brilliant. You know, just go for it. It's great stuff. And you'll now know, in fact, next time we do it, you can tell everybody how you got on. and whether Because I haven't actually smelled the cologne. I, I, I only got one of those. I'm, so I, I didn't keep it. I've, I've generously given it to you. You have. It's very kind of you, because uh, I'm running out. So, no, excellent uh, plan. Excellent. I will let you know. Well, do you know, one of the things actually about... I'm loving Manscaped. They've been really They've been fantastic. They're really supportive. So thank you very much much indeed um the funny thing as well about um not traveling anywhere because i haven't been abroad right is normally when i'd go abroad that's when i'd buy aftershave yeah. and so oh, yeah, that's the more yeah that's so uh, right. yeah so i'm now i used to have about seven or eight different ones right i'm down to three because i haven't fucking been anywhere so anyway uh let's talk about uh, keir starmer and the incident which everybody else is talking about i'm not talking about the so-called mob Scenario. I'm talking about the uh, House of Commons. The slur. Was he slurred upon or not? I mean, yeah. my view is is that it was a fucking. Yeah. It was the right let's, thing to say, and he should have said it. Let's get this straight. Boris Johnson accused him of failing to prosecute Jimmy Savile when he was the director of public prosecutions, uh, and spending all his time instead trying to prosecute journalists. Now, the latter is absolutely true. He spent so much time and effort trying to prosecute he did. Uh, journalists 
uh, for paying public officials and corrupting them. Yeah. Uh, every single fucking case ended in complete acquittal. Right. He failed to prosecute a single journalist, spent about 40 million quid along the way yeah. uh, in this. Disrupted disaster. a lot of lives as well. Just ruined and disrupted a lot of lives. A lot of, lot of journalists spent two years of hell waiting for their court case only to be acquitted. Absolute disgrace. Mm. Uh, secondly, you know, he says that uh, the Crown Prosecution Service, uh, which he was in charge of, failing to prosecute, deciding mm. not to prosecute Jimmy Savile, uh, he didn't know about. Now, right. you have to accept that. However, he's the guy in charge. Yeah. Uh, the Jimmy Savile file comes into his organisation, yeah. the Crown Prosecution Service. Uh, someone lower down the chain than him looks at it and says there's no grounds for prosecution. Yeah. Uh, that was such a massive fucking mistake that P- Keir Starmer, the Director of Public Prosecutions, had to stand up and make a public apology. He made an apology so in 2013, didn't he? tell me, Mike, where the fucking fake news is? That people right. say, hey, Boris Johnson is spreading fake news. Yeah. That's a lie. But That's do you know why, though? Well, do you know why? This is what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is liken Boris Johnson's accusation, which is what we can call it, I suppose, if you like, um, that he's like Donald Trump. He's basically saying things deliberately, knowing that it will inflame people to the point where uh, they will think that there's some kind of secret paedophile ring. I don't think that was Boris Johnson's intention at all. I think he was simply trying to make out that he wasn't a very good director of public prosecutions, which he fucking wasn't, by the way. He didn't actually have any great successes. He came from a background of human rights. That was the law he used to practice. So he was not very good at actually prosecuting anyone. You know? I'll tell you what, uh, when I assume total power, yeah. When will that be? Fairly soon. Okay. I look forward to that. Human rights, and we're going to have the death penalty by firing. Right. Human rights lawyers, every single cunt, one of them, along the wall. Yes. I mean, we don't need them. They really, I was listening to one the other day talking to fucking Ian Collins about, you know, why the fucking asylum seeker problem hasn't been sorted yet. Right. And all he fucking went on about was the fact that, oh, well, the thing is, it's because the Home Office don't, you know, process the the, uh, applications fast enough. No, it's not. The problem is that they keep fucking coming here when they shouldn't. That's the fucking problem, because of cunts like him. And if you think that all human rights lawyers aren't cunts, I'll give you Sadiq Khan. Yes. A cunt. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. And a man who has fucked up London in more fucking ways... His legal exams, anyway, hasn't got a fucking brain cell. Well, he hasn't. He's probably got somebody else to do it for him. I mean, he really is absolutely fucking unreal what's going on. But, you know, the fact is that that this... He was a disastrous director of public prosecution because his signature policy was the hounding of all these journalists. Yeah. There were like 34. Which was a totally political uh, decision, by uh, the way. Yeah, uh, it was to get... Because uh, it was that wanker Tom Watson, wasn't it, who started it all? Mm. And it was from the Labour when side. When he was fat. Do you know why? You know Do you why remember when he was fat? <laughs> yeah. Before he lost all that fucking weight? We've seen the pictures of him now. Yeah. Still fat. Is he? Uh, I thought yeah. he'd lost it all. Yeah, but he's still... Has he gone... But no, he, he, yeah, but he was so fucking He fat. became sort of cadaverous. He's, like, he's, lost, he's lost a few stone, but he's still fucking fat. Mm. He's still a cunt as well. He's still a cunt, that's um, for sure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, this was this was the uh, payback to the Sun, oh, yeah. because the Sun ditched the Labour Party. Yes, that's right. Remember when they that's dramatically right. told Gordon Brown... Yeah. Sorry, and was it not on the eve of his, um, his speech at the conference yeah, as well? Yeah, that's right. And he wasn't very happy and about it. After that, it was get the Sun. Yeah. That's why they did mm. this. So... That was his big signature policy as director of public prosecutions, and it was a fucking expensive disaster and also an absolute scandal. Right. So when Sajid Javid said, um, Keir Starmer deserves, uh, quote, absolute respect for, his th- for the job he did 
at as director of public prosecutions nothing could be further from the truth he deserves absolute fucking contempt yeah absolutely right and he's not much better at running the fucking but labor why party are they all going around saying it's fake news because they it suits their agenda because they're trying to make out that Boris Johnson is trying to smear his good name. Well, he doesn't have a good name for a start. And they're also trying to use it to batter Boris Johnson with, right? And you and I don't entirely agree on this, but I, I accept, uh, and I, I kind of agree, that what Boris Johnson said, it was, it was sort of spiteful, bitter and childish. I don't think he should have done it. Yeah. But don't tell me it wasn't true. No. I see. Don't I think. No I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't celebrate the fact that we are in this place that we are in. But politically speaking, within the current climate, it's perfectly legitimate to say what he said. And I know that it's not very classy, perhaps, and sometimes it's better to keep your fucking mouth shut. But you know, he's been taking shit from Starmer for the best part of the last two or three months, ever since it all went horribly wrong. You know, and they're not. They're not even pretending to like each other anymore. So I think, fuck him. You know, if I was Johnson, I'd have, I'd have done the same thing. I'd gone, well, you know what? Fuck you, mate. Look at your fucking record, and let's see what you. Yeah. And I'm not come out buying that Manure um, uh, Mirza quit because of that. I don't buy that either. I said, I said it to yeah. I said it to John Rensselaer earlier today. You know, why didn't she resign when he fucking lied about um, not knowing about the parties yeah, and Allegra Stratton? Yeah, she worked for, for fourteen years. Yeah, but you're telling me that an offhand comment in the Commons that she goes right, that's it, I'm leaving. No, there's a bigger right. plan going on. Yeah, her husband's best mates with Rishi Sunak. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, just fancy. And as you know, her husband's still in. Downey Street, by the way. Uh, I'm not sure. I yeah, think your yeah, husband's still, yeah, he's still in there. So he's, you know, this, it's a very bizarre fucking internecine, interconnected world. And Gitu Harry going back in, right? He's a fucking weirdo. I mean, this, this is a guy who takes the knee at GB News. I mean, I love the fact that some people describe him as former GB News presenter. I mean, I think he was on one show and then they fired him for taking the knee. But he was also with Boris at the uh, City of London. Um, yeah, uh, when he was when he was, his, when uh, he, was head of he was the head of communications, yeah. And I mean, I'm told that you know they were bosom buddies and they used to hang around together quite a bit, drink a lot of beer, and talk a lot about women, yeah. you know. And that's fine, but let's not pretend that he's going to set the record straight and it's all going to be all change at Downing Street. Boris guy, can't change, can he? The fucking guy is a Remainer knee taker. Yeah. Who used to lobby for Huawei, yeah. the controversial Chinese mm. technology firm. Yeah. Uh, fucking guy is. And he's, he's at BBC Wales. I mean, that's yeah. what he's from. He's, it's, you know, it's not the right background for someone who's going to get the conservative message over. And uh, what's he done since he become became uh, the head of communications at uh, Number Ten Down? Not City? sure. He's given a given a fucking interview saying that Boris marches around Number Ten Downing Street singing "I Will Survive." Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, he's uh, carried a bottle of water he, in. He, he, or told, he told this sort of Welsh uh, website. Uh, that um, this is his comment on his new boss. Mm. Boris is not a complete clown. Right, that's so all right. That, then. That's a, a ring, well done. A ringing endorsement. Yes, there. absolutely. I mean, this is a shit appointment. Well, I mean, well, it remains to be seen. I think any appointment right now is not going to be a great appointment well, because well, it's we... all about protecting Boris Johnson. Um, also, you might not be the first choice. He might have gone to a load of people well, no, and gone, do you true. fancy coming and working for me at Downing Street? Yeah. Oh, no, thanks, I think the fact actually. That, the fact that it's good to Harry proves uh, that a lot of people don't want the job. It's like it's like getting a job as a fucking steward on the Titanic, <laughs> isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. Do you fancy coming and joining us yeah, just yeah, before yeah. we fucking hit the iceberg? We've got to go to New York, but we can land you on the deck, you yeah. know? Yeah, just before we hit the fucking iceberg, why don't you come and join us? Yeah, great idea. Fucking hell, you know, I've got a career to think about. But it is extraordinary, isn't it? Um, now, uh, 
What I want to tell you is this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on this show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health because, you know, we talked about this the other week. A lot of people um, have suffered from mental health problems, not least because of the lockdown and not least because of the fact they couldn't actually go uh, to work. So the good thing about BetterHelp uh, is that it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It uses customised online therapy videos, phones and even live chat sessions with your therapist give it a try uh, and see why over two million people have used better help online therapy and what thought police listeners will get is 10 percent off their first month at betterhelp.com uh, forward slash police that's betterhelp.com forward slash police so uh, thanks very much indeed for that you and i've been talking about a lot awful lot of uh, of the stories in the news this week what about that ranker from the bank of england who i know that you uh, fucking support on the basis that he's told people not to get fucking pay rises right you know what the teachers in scotland have done and i mean the bank of england still runs scotland never mind the uh, the economy of this country they're asking for a 10 percent pay rise to fucking well so they're not listening to him they're taking no fucking notice of the governor of the bank of england who thinks i mean i mean these are people right who have kept the schools closed because they didn't want to fucking go to work. Forget about the fucking health aspect. Forget about what they've told you. Oh, the thing is, it's very dangerous, you know, very dangerous to be around children. They're the carriers of the disease. I mean, I don't think there's anyone from any school situation who has died of COVID. I don't think there's been a child from school that's died. I don't think there's been a teacher from school that's died. Nothing has been a problem in the schools, right? But they've been fucking shut for most of the last part part of the last eighteen months. Let the generation down, uh, and it's know, fucking unreal. No, no disrespect to or, there are many many really dedicated teachers who, who not but not there's not that who, many who did their best. But but the unions were a fucking national disgrace. Uh, you know, just keeping the uh, classrooms closed as long as they could, and then when they were dragged kicking and screaming back to school, you know, making poor little bastards wear masks, sitting freezing. Yeah. What about oh, well, that's the other thing. Cutting off the, the fucking. Of the I mean, seriously, sake. seriously. And by the way, did you notice that the Scottish Fire Brigade said immediately, "You can't do no. that." No. The fucking school. It's a fire so risk. Fire, I know. Um, so here's what the unions in Scotland are saying: it's that the increase is only reasonable and fair because inflation is going up um, and they could then actually have a salary of something like um, £66,000 a year to be a fucking teacher. Oh, right, so I mean, head teachers currently on ninety eight thousand could get to one hundred eight thousand. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of money for a job which doesn't actually keep you employed for more than about two thirds of the year. Um, it's fucking unreal. Yeah, you're right, and um, you know, so in that respect, I think Andrew Bailey's right. I mean, the, the only thing, look, I understand where you're coming from with Andrew Bailey. Yeah. But I, I, I sort of recoil a bit from this idea that anyone who's got lots, who earns a lot of money. Hasn't got a right to say anything. But that's not my point. I don't think he hasn't got a right to say anything. But what I am saying is, is that if you make an awful lot of money, a bit like your man, the fucking footballer, mm-hmm. you know, don't start pissing all over people because they can't afford their electricity bill. You know, this is saying that. He's just saying that, that if you if you uh, if you all demand uh, big pay rises uh, and you get them, it'll be bad for the economy. He is the governor. Of well, yeah, but he obviously is living in a fucking fantasy he, world he, he because might have, he might have had a better um, PR to uh, guide him through. Yeah, that, I mean, the only time I've got stormy water. The only time I ever got a big pay rise was when I fucking gave me gave myself one um, when I was working for the Mirror and I submitted a budget right for the Welsh Mirror in those days when I was first at at the place 
And we used to sit behind you guys around yeah. the back of the, uh, the showbiz way department. To yourself, well, I put I, here's what I did. Right? I submitted this fucking um, budget for the next year, um, which I was asked to do, yeah. and it gave myself a very hefty twenty thousand pound pay rise. Right, yeah. um, and much to my surprise, it fucking went through, and I got a phone call. <laughs> first of all, from the chief exec, he said, <laughs> "You cleared this with peers? I said, uh, "No." I said, he said, well, how come it's fucking comes through? How come you've got pay rise? I said, well, I put one in. I said, I presume somebody would say, hang on a minute, you can't have that, but you can have this. I thought you'd maybe give me like 5 10% of it. You fucking gave me the whole lot. And then I got the same kind of call from Piers going, um, did you clear this with Roger? I went, no. He went, well, how the fuck have you got a pay rise? It's a fucking nightmare. It's going to have to come off my budget now. And nobody could explain how it happened, but I fucking kept it. So it was great. Well, but most people don't get big pay rises, do they? No, they don't. You know when I got, I got an enormous pay rise? To my total surprise huh. was um, I was uh, I was running fi- features at the Mirror, yeah. uh, but I didn't like it much. I was never much in the Daily Mirror. Mirror. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, Jonathan, it also has a kind of thankless job, though, Jonathan isn't it? Ross was the film critic. Oh, yes. And uh, basically, Ross had asked... For He's another one that called me an idiot on the concrete front. Oh, did he? Yeah, uh, well, wanker. Ross had asked for a, you know, a multi-million pound pay rise. Yeah, that was in the days when he was somebody. Yeah, and Piers... Uh, I mean, and, and Jonathan Ross's uh, film critiques... Uh, uh, well, we weren't talking Shakespeare, you know what I mean? Uh, Hemingway, he wasn't. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so... Piers called me and he said, uh, do you fancy being the Mirror's film critic? I said, yeah. He said, uh, only Jonathan Ross, he's asking for too much fucking money. Right. Uh, he, said, uh, he said, do you want to do it? I said, yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, so my job after that, for the next uh, sort of 18 pleasant months, yeah. was... Was reviewing movies. Yeah, I used to go and watch four movies every week. Was that all? Then, then write about them on... Well, no, I used to write about six films. Right. On Monday, Tuesday... And Wednesday, right. I used to write up. We used to do a double page spread across. The, I used to write them all up on Thursday, right. send the copy in, and it would go into the big, big old byline and paper on the Friday. Right, I remember that. Yeah, uh, and it was a great job. I, spent, you know, just spent my. I never went to the office. So you never had to do the features editing no, job again. No, no, no just I just I stopped. I, I became right. film critic. And the point is, um, uh, when Piers called me and said, he "said okay, do it." And he said, I'm going to pay you this. I'm not going to say what it was. Right. It was fucking astronomical. Was it? <laughs> Brilliant. Did he, was he not aware it was a massive pay rise then? Well, no. He said, I, said, well, I said, well, thanks, Piers. He said, well, fuck it. You know, he said, it's half as much as what fucking Ross right. is uh, asking, so you might as well have it. Said, Excellent. budget for it. Fantastic. Fucking huge pay rise. Fantastic. So that was my big pay rise. Did you keep that as well then when uh, you yeah, moved into other areas? Uh, well, that's the thing. Once until, you've got until it. I, until I went to the Sunday Mirror to be their TV critic. Uh. And at that point, uh, they took me off the staff, and uh, I had to take, so I had to mm. take a, a bit of a pay cut. I must admit, I mean, those days have all fucking gone yeah. now, haven't they? I mean, you look at now at the newspapers, and you can see how thin they are. Particularly the mirrors' output is so shit now What's that you just point? think, what the fuck is the, the point? point? What are they doing? There's about six people by Dead. Yeah. Well, I told you I went to a leaving do over there at some point in the last sort of three or four months, and they were all going, "Oh, it's great. We don't go to the office anymore." I'm like, "What?" They don't even fucking want to. And well, I can't imagine running a paper without actually being in a room with other people who are running the paper. Can the you? joke is, though, I've got mates still there in the newsroom, uh, these reporters yeah, yeah. Who, who don't go in. And uh, they they phone each other up and they arrange to go to Canary Wharf 
So they have a few beers together. So they can have a drink. So they're actually miss, you know, they're, yeah. they're proper old journalists. Right. And they miss they it. actually miss it. Yeah, well, it's a bit like... You don't join a fucking newspaper to sit at home. Yeah, no, I mean, I can see if you're a reporter that you don't necessarily have to go in the office. I mean, there was a time in the old days when you were never in the office because you were always out on the fucking road somewhere. Out on the piss. Yeah, out on the piss, yeah, but you would never be in the office. That was fine. But you'd go and occasionally do your expenses or something, you know. But it's a bit well, like also, the old... Also, uh, it's a bit it was, like the old civil servants, it still, isn't it? It was still base camp. Yes. So every time you went to the office, even at the end of a story, you'd be in there at five o'clock, yeah. or maybe beforehand. Some days you didn't yeah. have to leave the other. There's always there was always a good caucus of ten to fifteen people you could go for some serious drinking with. Yeah. And that's all gone now. Fucking bollocks, isn't it? I know. Absolutely fucking horrendous. Anyway, listen, we've come to the end of yet another sparkling edition. Um, I'm going to be away next week, but there will be um, another podcast. So. Just, um, uh, and uh, don't forget, uh, we are starring in our own live show. On oh, of course, on Saturday night. Yes. In fact, Saturday. I can't Saturday afternoon. I can't believe it's that fucking. We haven't really talked about it. We've got to we? work out what we're going to fucking, fucking talk about. Yeah. You can't pull the old concrete trick again. You have yeah. to come up with something different. Yeah. But I'm sure we I'm will. I'm just going to walk up and just pour pour some. Uh, a watering can over a brick and just turn around and say you're a cunt yeah well that'll probably work that'll get them going um, I'm looking forward to it though should yeah. be good fun yeah. there might be still a couple of tickets available so go and look at us uh, on Thought Police on Twitter uh, or on Facebook you might find a link there as well and uh, so we'll, we'll see some if you're Saturday. coming uh, we'll see some of you on Saturday don't fucking be late, yeah, unlike don't O'Sullivan. Be, don't be late, you bunch He'll of bring cunts. his fucking sandwich. He'll probably sit on the fucking stage eating it, the cunt. <laughs> I'm <gonna> do it now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's your entrance. Deal. Come on with a fucking sandwich, fucking wanker. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> kicking a dog, sorry, kicking a cat. a cat around his house in North London. Um drop kicking it effectively and then putting out a statement saying he's very sorry the cat's fine well the cat's clearly not fucking fine and neither is he uh, yeah if there's any West Ham fans out there your uh, star defender Kurt is a fucking A grade industrial strength punk <laughs> what a fucking thing to do it's a I shocking mean, thing to only, do not only is it a cuntish thing to do it's a terrible uh, example of animal cruelty yeah. and revealing he's some sort of fucking psychopath uh, but the silly cunt and his daft ass fucking brother. Yeah. Uh, they make a video of it. They go, oh, this will be funny on Snapchat. Yeah. Shove it out on Snapchat. He's probably wrecked his fucking career. Yeah. Cunt.